0: in. okay um i'm just going to adjust your volume uh keep talking please
1: yeah so how's work <laughs> perfect <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that's uh we're just gonna open with that so um all right well uh beginning in three two one Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by E. Um, how you doing, man?
1: Uh, Pretty good. How are you?
0: Pretty good. And uh, just so I don't botch it, uh, can you give us your full name, please?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's E. So if you say it with the capital E in the front, the word sigh as if I'm sighing in the middle and another capital E at the end, that's how you would phonetically pronounce it. <laughs> but everybody calls me E.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, Esai. And then... Because my, my God, I was saying a sai, I think, uh, like a sai bowl when I was talking to Lou. Yeah,
1: I, I <laughs> literally have gotten that my entire life. So yep. I'm used to it. Oh. <laughs> but all good. Uh, I get many variations of it. And I think that's actually why I'm E now. Cause uh, through my sports and all the history, it's just easier to pass the ball to E versus you know the three syllable Isai. E e. So <laughs> it's just been a good segue,
0: actually. Gotcha. Well, as long as you as long as you're cool with it, um,
1: yeah, you, for sure,
0: makes it easier for for us. Um, well, cool man. Well, thanks for for being willing to hop on, and um, I just want to go ahead and reference real quick. Um, Sergio interviewed you um, around a year ago, um, season six, episode twenty three. And so what we'll do is we'll kind of like just kind of I guess like recap what you've been up to since then and then we'll kind of go into uh, into squid and then we'll, we'll talk more about that and you know I'd like to just get to know more about it try to kind of set up like some expectations for for this year. And then um, hopefully, you know, if you're if you're listening to this now, um, you know, you're on your way to to the event. So um, just a, a real quick recap man if you want to just give us like you know uh you know one to two minutes introduction of you know who you are where you, who you are where you're from where you're at now and uh, we'll just kind of go from there
1: yeah so um i'm e i uh i live in seattle um, I play under Dodgeball Seattle, so, um, I'm going to, you know, lose organization proteges, um, but, uh, who everybody's familiar with him. But, um, so I found Dodgeball Seattle about mm, four or five years ago, um, immediately in my first season of playing in their rec, what they called rec rainbow, then, I immediately jumped into the leadership um, aspect of that organization then and have been there ever since. So um, I'm one of the organizers of Rainbow League. um, And I sort of um, go in and out of, you know, the competitive leagues and stuff like that, of dodgeball Seattle. So I've sort of been with the organization for um, about four or five years now, um, really just spearheading a lot of the rainbow stuff that happens in the space. And then just also playing with all the other leagues as well, because there's plenty of dodgeball in Seattle to be had and played, and and every night of the week you can probably find some sort of league or pickup, and and at one point you may have seen me at one or the others uh, of those pickups. So um, it's really my dodgeball journey. Uh, uh, I I found the community community and became almost immediately obsessed with it, and uh, have been sort of in uh, a position of just moving things forward as best as I possibly could over the last four or five years to make them better and just, um, lead as an organizer. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been quite a journey.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, we're definitely, um, abbreviating a lot of that. I imagine, um, just there's, this there's couple things I've kind of wanted to just to dig into, because I, I can't help myself, but, um, you know, you mentioned that you, you played dodgeball. you fell in love with it, but you decided to do something that most people don't, and you stepped up and have, you know, started helping, you know, like orchestra events and, and run leagues and whatnot, so what, what made you do that, if you don't mind me asking? I,
1: th- I think I've always sort of like, um, tried to be in that sort of capacity, um, in any of the organizations I'm a part of, especially the ones that are so meaningful to me. So I found something so special about dodgeball when I joined. I had made, you know, really good friends at that point through the leagues and stuff. And I really found that it was having like a profound change in my life in terms of my wanting to be athletic again and just engage in sports and finding my community. So, Unlike um, you know the majority of people that love to sort of complain, and this isn't a knock on them because not everybody can step into the roles and and make things move. I definitely like to be in that position to kind of walk the walk and talk the talk. So you know if if I can lend expertise and and sort of my knowledge, and especially with like nonprofits and just organizational leadership and athletics because I've been in athletics for most of my life. Um, any expertise and things I can do to make organizations better, especially the ones that are kind of enriching my life. I am always just eager to jump in and do what I can to help them out and and kind of make things move. So when I saw the opportunity here, they had just launched the rainbow league um, for dodgeball Seattle, which was the queer gay LGBT component of dodgeball Seattle. And I felt like, Oh, this is a good place to start. Um, now that I had I had one season in another league organization under my belt, I'm like this is a great uh, place to start and jump in. Um, and I sort of ran with it. It just immediately started giving opinions and feedback. And I remember even in those first early, that first early season, um, I had expressed sort of my background in sort of just sports and, and nonprofit and, and things like that to Lou. And he would tap me for some questions and stuff in, in those early days as well. And then, ultimately it led to me uh just kind of running with it and and i've been doing it for almost five years now so um uh organizing um where i can from squid to the league the league that we run every season um uh to running pickups i i run a private pickup on monday night so like there's i'm i'm very much in an organizer seat to create these opportunities for other people to sort of kind of jump in and maybe get a taste of what i've been able to get a taste of um and actually it's been very fruitful to see like a lot of people sort of through these opportunities also have equal life-changing experiences and i think that's very rewarding for me so it's why i keep doing it
0: nice yeah it's it's really um awesome of you to to lend your time and basically anyone that's willing to to put leads on I used to. I'm trying to get too crazy about um, about about Tucson dodgeball, but I, I would remember watching people come in, play, have a great time, and I would always feel like uh, a lot of motivation just to keep doing that. Because man, you put in some extra hours, sometimes long nights, and you just wonder like, why, why do I even bother with this? But then you see other people just having a blast, and like, okay, this, this is why. So I imagine that's kind of how you felt. But just you know, um, times you know, however many people are in Seattle playing right now. It sounds like a pretty lively scene it's,
1: it's 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 a very lively scene it's huge um there's a lot of yeah there's definitely a lot of dodgeball in seattle to be played and yeah those are all the wrong reasons and i and i think i ground myself in that as an organizer really uh just because you know in any organizing role or leadership role you get all the bad and the ugly as well and and i have for, for the most part seen some of that too but I think ultimately what kind of drives the underlying sort of overlying aspect of me coming back all the time and still kind of just hanging in there with it is those people that do come and I see them have that experience. And I'm just like, Oh, that's pretty rad. And I'm sort of contributing a a piece of this to that, to provide those opportunities and stuff. And it's fulfilling and and I'm enjoying it. So um, I haven't quite gotten to the point where it's, unbalanced but as an organizer i always encourage to find that balance uh so that you know one doesn't weigh over the other because we do know as organized i mean you you log on to the dodgeball sort of chats and and pages and you see the complaints and and the things that need to get fixed and stuff which is great but at the same time like there's a lot of volunteer people that you know aren't getting paid and doing all these things from the back end that you know you, you, you got to balance what you're saying and what you're doing and 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 as organizers we just absorb what we can and and hopefully the balance is always that we're providing spaces for people to sort of engage in the things that we have come to love and do um which is dodgeball
0: awesome yeah from some of the individuals that i spoke with you know they they say that you know this the space is needed and so um you know i think what you're doing especially once we get into squid you can probably dig into that a little bit more just because i have some questions around that as well but um you mentioned, um, well, like I meant to ask, are you, are you competing regularly? Like, are you on a competitive team?
1: Um, I'm not. So, so there, so there's another one of my issues actually. So, you know, over the la- course of the last year, so I met you at round three, which was last July. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my first introduction to sort of the USA competitive stuff. I had played in comps here and sort of been exposed in that way. But that was my first true exposure to what, like, competitive dodgeball is. It was still in Seattle, but, you know, outside of Seattle, meaning, like, we, you know, you saw the traveling teams and all this talent come in or whatnot. And so that was my first introduction into, like, that kind of uh, environment. And from there, and over the last year, I kind of dipped my toes into all the other kind of things um that sort of have given me exposure to other things as well because squid actually the first squid happened like three weeks after usa last year so um i have learned a lot in the last year of what my my sort of need and want for competitive competitiveness really is and and for me i continue to be rooted in like If I'm sacrificing my practice time or whatever because I'm investing more hours to sort of organize stuff, I'm okay with that. And I don't have to be sort of the greatest or most competitive or even traveling to all the things that I thought I would need to to sort of just be absorbed into this space. Um, And I I think it took me a while to land on that because at one point, I just really want to be better. I want to be able to hang with the best. I want to be able to train myself to do all of those things. And what I quickly realized is I'm not – I'm not 21 anymore, (laughs) I'm a little bit older, I don't have, you know, I'm not having practice six days a week at 5.30 a.m. to train every day, like, I'm not doing any of those things, so I'm not investing the time, nor do I have that capacity in my life to be, you know, a travel, like, a constantly traveling person to play dodgeball and stuff, because I do do a lot of traveling outside of of that, so um, you won't see me at a lot of those things, And um, but I am, I guess, open to them if they sort of fit into the, like, scheme of the schedule or or whatnot. But um, currently not on a a, a traveling team um, yet, but definitely open to sort of playing whenever I have the possibility to.
0: Gotcha. So definitely open to it, but not going to be, you know, training at five o'clock in the morning, six days a week, making it your life.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, For no, sure. de- I, I, definitely not. That's not, that's not my life anymore, and nor do I have the motivation that much to do it. So most of the time, um, I'm sticking to the organizing and seeing, you know, the organizing and seeing other people grow and, making them better when I can and coaching and doing other things that are outside of just me playing more and honing in on the skills because, uh, Lord knows mine need a little bit of work, but uh, <laughs> I'm okay with that.
0: <laughs> gotcha. Well, you know, for what it's worth, I had a had a great time playing with you in Seattle round three last year. Um, that was a great team. Just had a lot of fun. Um, I think there was a lot, uh, actually I think I was maybe, there's just like a handful of Arizona players, but the rest was all just like, Pacific Northwest. So I was blown away with how many people were actually there. So it's really cool seeing that. And um, real quick, just because uh, Sergio had mentioned, uh, I don't know if this was a question, um, but I wonder, I wonder if you remember it. Uh, he basically says, next time we team up, can we avoid another friendly fire incident? I was about to throw a live round for that for the squad. Do you, do you remember? Are we talking about? I, it?
1: I think it was a, a collision. He was aiming and he either hit my ball or I hit his ball. There was something that happened where it wasn't meant to happen, but it happened on our own teams, <laughs> oh, uh, is what I remember, is what I think he's referring to. I think there were a few hiccups that day. So, um, of which one he's referring to, I, I, I couldn't
0: pinpoint. Gotcha. He'll probably, probably chime in in the comments, but. Uh... Yeah, like I said, that that was a fun tournament and um, you know, if it get to play again some other time, I'm totally open to it. But uh one thing I did also want to ask was that you had said kind of what brought you into dodgeball and I, I'll try to, to chill on the uh the, the deep questions, but you said you, you were wanting to get back into being an athlete again. Can you kind of explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so I, you know, I grew up uh, with athletics as sort of being a a way of life. Um, When I say 4.30 in the morning, I I meant 4.30 in the morning. So uh, swim and polo practice was six days a week. 4.30 in the morning, you had to get up, be in the water by five. You had morning practice and then two afternoon practices. And that was my life for like six to seven years um so i'm rooted in water polo and swim and and athletics as a discipline and in those Mm. sports i sort of found a lot of my closest friends people you know you spend so much time doing the things that you love with these people you become really close to them they become the people you call on and, and your friends and sort of family um when i moved away for college i gave up polo and i because I wanted a different experience the six days a week, you know twice a day where it was no longer a thing I wanted to do. I wanted to experience other things um and then after a while I got the itch to sort of play sports again and then what ended up happening is I found a another organization or actually I was one of the founding organizers to the first uh gay uh, soccer team in Long Beach California. and what happened there was the same thing. so I ended up making all my close friends through, another sport that I love to play and sort of getting back into the, you know, physical fitness and and competing and doing those things. But what I also found was a very solid friend group where we, you know, we'd hang out on the weekends. Um, There was never a shortage of like texting a group chat and and saying, Hey, let's grab dinner or drinks tonight or whatnot. So there was always people to lean on and stuff like that. So it was a, a very much a community that like, I tapped into that was very fulfilling, both athletically and then as a community kind of finding. Um, And then ever since that experience, I had did that three or four years um, before moving to a different part of LA and then moving to Seattle eight years ago. And I really wanted to continue to replicate that experience. I think back about almost on all my sort of athletically balanced life experiences with the groups that I have played with previously. And that's where my friends have really come from. We share general interests and all those things kind of end up aligning. So i had been trying to replicate that for something here in Seattle, uh, not really landing on anything right away. And then ultimately, I I found one of the dodgeball leagues here in Seattle based off of, of a Facebook uh, page. And it wasn't Dodgeball Seattle. But I played my first season. That team that I was on won that season, which was pretty cool. And then I realized I just want to play more dodgeball and meet more people. And I think this is where the community I want to be in and sort of where I want to uh, invest my time athletically to, you know, to play. And one of the things I really admired about the dodgeball community is that For a lot of people you're starting out fresh um dodgeball most of the comments you hear is like i just started playing when or the last time i played was in third grade or i played in grade school so unlike jumping back into water polo which i did bet later in life so i did play three or four years here in seattle um where there's this expectation that you know like you know what you're doing and you jump in the water and you just go like you there's no there's no training there's no practice you're moving like so doing that for three or four years, I realized, hey, I'm not putting in the seven days a week anymore. That's not like I will never be at that level of an athlete that I was, but I still just want to enjoy sport and stuff. So um, water polo wasn't necessarily it just because I, I couldn't invest the time to just be that great of a player anymore and and always felt kind of sluggish. to The people that were investing the time as adults, because I'm like, I don't know how you find the time, but I couldn't. But dodgeball seemed like a good, like, level-set sport where most of the people I was meeting were like, I've never played before or haven't played from grade school. So everybody's really just building from the ground up. Um, of course, there's variance there with people that have previous athletic experience. It, you know, they tend to have a little bit of an advantage in, in sort of body mechanics. But, like, it felt really cool to kind of find something like that. Um and ultimately you know when I did land here I, it was a great workout it was the community I was looking for and all those things and and now you'll find me playing three or four nights a week so uh, it's definitely become a big part of sort of my workout routine slash physical physicality slash community um, elements of my life
0: nice yeah just hearing like um, going back to your comment about yeah I'm not trying to you know wake up at 530 430 in the morning every day to do it I mean It's one thing to just say that, but because you actually lived that for, you know, a good part of your life, I could totally see why you're not, uh, you know, you've been there, done that. Like you're you're kind of already maybe just over that piece and, and happy with where you are.
1: Yes. Yeah. Th- I think that's hundred percent accurate. And I think that's why when I, we jo- I joke around with some of my uh, close, uh, close friends, uh, a lot of them dodgeball players, because uh, um, I'm known to have a high throw every so often. <laughs> hmm. um, and a lot of it is really rooted in in water polio ingrained high corners, high throws. Um, <laughs> and that's that's. What you're ingrained to believe and and do and, and the mechanics or whatnot, but they're always, you know the branding joke is like oh you know those high balls and 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 whatnot, and the we're always we always start engaging in conversation. Where we're like yes, I'd love to hone in and really hone in on all these skills. And sure, as I'm playing more to get better and 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 be better, it's coming slightly naturally, just a lot slower, and it's only because I'm not investing the time to just go spend three hours and target shoot and do all those things. Cause one, I don't have the time. And two, I'm not there in my life anymore. Like I'm just, I'm just not, the motivation's not there. The, the, the need or want, or like I'm passionate about dodgeball. I'm passionate about wanting to be a decent player and just very knowledgeable about the sport and all those things. But my passion isn't to get to USA team. It's not to, you know, play at world on, you know, a national first place team, although that would be very cool my ambition isn't necessarily
0: to get there. Gotcha. Yeah. And that, that could change. You never know, but at least, uh, for now, if your focus is putting on, um, awesome events for people to engage in, I'm sure they appreciate it. And you know, you just, uh, feel like we kind of have like the same approach and attitude towards dodgeball. Like I'm going to keep doing this and what I do the way I want to until it's no longer fun anymore. And then, uh, you know, figure that out later. So I hear on that one, man. Um, see if any other Yeah, you gotta know when
1: to walk away (laughs) yeah
0: no there's definitely i've definitely had some some moments um in fact even just recently i thought i was gonna walk away for good and i was like no not not quite done yet but um definitely yeah
1: i think that i think that goes back to that whole balance thing i was talking about earlier once the bad starts outweighing all the like benefits that you get from the community like friendship and uh, you know physicality and and, and and physical fitness and all those the benefits once the negative starts outweighing all the positive that's generally I feel like a cue to hey maybe I need to just walk away for a bit or forever like I mean and that's okay to do it just uh I think with a lot of us who who do these kinds of things and, and you who who do what you do for the community as well like we kind of got to ground ourselves in that balance and and when it tips in the wrong way you know when's our time there there will always I feel like there will always be a time especially in these capacities there's always a time uh <laughs> but um you know it's less so visible with the people that sort of just participate and come and, and partake and whatnot um because it's easier to do it from that side than to just really take all the crap from this side which I'm not trying to be all negative but it's just the reality of sort of organizing and being as involved in the community um it just comes with the territory yeah
0: no and I, I don't take it as, um, be negative. Sometimes I like to dig in this a little bit so people can understand and appreciate those that, you know, take this upon themselves to do these things for us because we're still, no one's getting paid for this stuff. And, uh, you know, when, when someone that is a producer of, of any, of any level is done, uh, I, I feel like the community just loses big time. Um, and it's, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes it's just yeah. life events, but, uh, no, I, I totally totally don't see it as, as you being negative, at all by any stretch of the imagination cool um, then we're on the same page <laughs> yep. definitely man um well cool well let's let's talk about squid um just uh just just for my own you know my own um uh, situational awareness what what inspired you to to have this event um we'll start there so yeah what, yeah what what that's a good start where did this come from
1: yeah so you know, jumping into the community, uh, really diving into dodgeball and, and the needs and, and uh you know, seeing people elevate and really just play at a different level. I mean, I've seen some people come from look I mean, being the goofiest ball throwers, no offense to them, and they do they wanna know who I'm referring to, but you know, to these hard, heavy hitters and just accurate and and passionate about the sport, I realize that there's a need for these specific spaces and 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 you know providing an avenue for us to play from you know our rec league we uh, over just about a year ago as well we started our advanced competitive rainbow league so now we you know we're, we're trying to provide all these spaces and opportunities to play one of the other things that i realized in the community as well as i was toggling between pickups and comp and 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 subbing for rec and and whatnot is there's still this consistent need or difference in experience when it comes to lgbtq players in just general spaces and 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 that still exists like the experience what we feel the way we walk off the way people we, we react to sort of how people react in sports. And and what a lot of people don't realize is a lot of or maybe they do. They're just not cognizant of it is is when we're talking about dodgeballers or dodgeball as a sport for a lot of queer people, it starts in the source of it from a source of trauma. Like you're thinking of, oh, you know, they think back to third grade when they were bullied from dodgeball and things like that. And now they're embracing it as an adult in sport. And for a lot of the same people that we're talking about, you know they deterred away from sports because of of, of harassment or, or whatever they feared in the space you know a lot didn't participate or whatnot so we're getting a lot of fresh people that are engaging for the first time we're getting a mix of people that have been athletes like myself or whatnot um, so Even my general exposure to sports my entire life, like I could tell you that there's there's sort of a different vibe in different rooms and different environments that I've experienced as an athlete over the course of my life that I would say even to this day when I'm in certain rooms, certain people playing certain games and sports and dodgeball, I'm just like, oh, the vibe is different. And what I really wanted to create in this space was an opportunity to sort of elevate more people to one, compete in a place where we have the general understanding that maybe the vibe and i keep saying the word vibe because it's it's really a mood and i don't really know how to put it into full words but uh is about elevating and building people up and allowing them to just you know play the game without you know the feelings that they may have in other spaces where um people maybe don't think the same or act differently when they're playing at a very high level or, you know, respond differently to, uh, you know, losing or stuff like that. Um, so I launched Squid with the intention of just creating a high level queer tournament, um, that allows us to come thrive in this space without any sort of uh, any of the other, the stuff that may exist in other places.
0: Yeah, so basically, you don't want people having meltdowns, being overly competitive, getting aggressive, focusing just on winning, tearing through people, that kind of crap. You just want people to have fun, but still be able to compete in a space where it promotes the sport, right? Not yeah, so it much... promotes a
1: sport. It gives exposure. It, 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 there's, it provides a little... Of comfort. And don't get me wrong, some of the players that some of the players that come to are heated players. I've seen them, like they're heated players and whatnot. But even the way they get heated is different than some of the other people that I have seen. So you know, last year was my first launch, and this was all coming from preconceived stuff that I've known from just general sports and whatnot. And as I was growing through the dodgeball community and the space and the need for growth and whatnot, like those were my preconceived things. But over the last year too, like I am more adamant on like the need and necessity for these kinds of things. Cause I, you know, after USA, after squid last year, I went to my person city this last year. I went to go check out Denver mile high. Like I've, I've been going to go scope out these other things to kind of see how to adapt mine to kind of see, am I, you know, accurate in some of the ways I'm thinking and the approaches and I, I don't think I'm far off in <laughs> um, some of the same things I've experienced and witnessed um, and just, you know, seeing these things pan out. You know, I, I, I see a lot of competitive dodgeball. Um, I hosted the thing for for Dodgeball Seattle the last two years for them. Like, so I, I have a lot of visibility into dodgeball and sort of the way people act. And this isn't a knock on the people that are that way, but I know what the people in my community, uh, how they generally react to some of the ways these people, you know, some people may get. And I know it makes people uncomfortable. So, um I'm like oh we need the space like we need this space um to sort of let people grow and you know if they want to grow beyond this and a lot of them are we i am seeing more people that are on my roster for this year that are traveling on the usa circuits and doing all those things which is cool and and great and i'd love to see more of that uh but i want to be able to provide this dedicated space um, to just know that it's, it's, it's a place for growth and sort of safety and 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 we're all coming from a similar perspective in, a, in an approach to sports and stuff. So um, that was really the root of why I, I launched Squid, why I thought it's necessary, why I think um, I wanted just to provide this large experience for people to tap into um, and that they can look forward to because, you know, I, I, I wanted to pull out all the stops and do all those things to just make it an experience that kind of looks different than all the other things being offered out there. Um, so, um, that's my hope and takeaway for the people that come and try to experience it. Nice. Yeah. And
0: you know, I guess maybe disclaimer, we're, we're by no means like trying to compare to other events or, or, you know, portray them in any, any shape or way that they may seem lacking. This is just your, your motivation behind this, and you know, given from if I made like the success of last year and just the hype for this one, clearly you know hit your mark. Um, And I'm, I'm not trying to butter you up or anything, but um, <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard from from Lou and, and a couple others that, and I've even seen in some of the Arizona friends of mine that I follow on their social medias that they're they're pretty excited for this. So. Um, how is, how is this event going to differ from last year? Is it bigger, better, faster, stronger? Yeah. You know, like what's the... So,
1: you know. Everything starts from somewhere and that's one of the things I keep grounding people in is that idea that everything starts from somewhere which is also an interesting concept because Gay Games isn't as is, uh, there's this tournament called Gay Games and Guadalajara happening this year that's launching for the first year and I know a lot of people are, are being deterred because they're like oh we don't know if there's gonna be a high level of competition and things like that and in my head I, I keep going back to well everything needs to start from somewhere like so it, it takes people showing up and giving a shot and whatnot and I'm glad People came last year to come give it a shot. You know, here is was my first round of actually. I've hosted tournaments before, so the uh, hosting a tournament was not new to me. Uh, I know the logistics involved. Um, I hosted uh, uh, what we call the Seattle. Uh, water polo open for three years here. And it was the largest tournament in the Pacific Northwest um, for water polo uh, uh, for three of the four years that I played. So I was familiar with like tournaments and how to produce them and what to do. But this was my first dodgeball sort of uh, taking a stab at sort of doing a tournament style and whatnot. So I'm glad people took a chance on that last year. And, and it wasn't much, but it was enough to sort of get the word out and you know it's it's grown exponentially from last year. So last year we had um, eight teams come and compete. A lot of mix from um, Seattle and Portland, which are huge, just LGBTQ scenes. Like they're 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 just giant. I I'm even in awe of like how big the organizations are on both sides. But like large representation uh, representation from both sides. And then we had like a, a, a Toronto, LA kind of mixed team or whatnot, and so we had, you know, quite a few different people come last year, starting off with eight, eight um, teams, doing a two-day tournament um, where first day is, you know, you bring your own team style, create your own teams, where and second day was uh, what we call a remix, meaning it's essentially a random draft, and the reason we really drove to that, or I really drive to that, is because for us in Dodgeball Seattle, all of our leagues, for the most part, with the exception of a few random tournaments, are all draft. Um, and what I find about this is is it creates a really extremely welcoming environment. For one, for you to engage with new people that you're not used to engaging with, but two, just broadens your horizons and community when you're playing with other people. Um, and for most of this sort of the structure of queer sports across the U.S., they, they do do a lot of the – they don't necessarily do the draft. They do a lot of the BYOT, which – not a knock to them, but I also think that formula may be isolating for the people that don't have 10 friends or the people that, get grouped together on a free agent team and get slaughtered all season you know because they're the only you know they didn't have a group of 10 people to come play with so i was very adamant about having that remix elements kind of showcase what we do in seattle about mixing it up and stuff like that so it's not exact one-to-one because we do do draft in a different way but it, it does randomize and, and encourage people to meet people that they normally wouldn't meet and connect with people brought in their communities as well so that's what it started with as uh, a two-day tournament, one day one for one, one day for the other. And then what I also wanted to incorporate was uh, avenues outside of the tournament to meet and mingle. Like, that's part of the whole tournament process. It's part of sort of growing the community and getting people out there and getting people to know people. So that was the formula for last year. Uh played with it, sort of launched it last year, received a lot of feedback. You know, I really want to make it the best it possibly could. So got a lot of feedback on how it went last year. And and for the most part, everybody that, you know, submitted feedback last year was very happy with it. They were very excited about it. They walked away very happy and just, you know, a lot of praise for the remix version of it. Cause they're like, oh, we never would have met, you know, these people if we had not played that way. So for year two, coming back with this sort of similar formula. boyot for day one, uh, Remix for day two. But the word has gone out. <laughs> the word has gone out. Uh, Seattle's queer community with the establishment of our Rainbow Comp League has grown a huge queer community in Seattle of competitive players. Portland also has one. Um, so even within our just region here, like it's a huge community on its own. I keep, I, Emailed you know Nick, who's one of the leaders on their team, saying we might need to have like a Pacific Northwest duel at some point because <laughs> this is ridiculous. But um, anyway, so word has gone out. I myself have also done um, networking while I've been out on these travel tournaments to kind of meet other people and kind of get their perspective and and, and feel out, you know, what they're looking for in, in dodgeball in in competitive setting and what kind of makes them unhappy in, in certain tournaments or whatnot. So I've really been sort of like on a roadshow kind of collecting that information from other people that I wouldn't have otherwise had access to had I not gone to them. And I've kind of tried to sprinkle all that into year two why, while also changing a bit of the formula, meaning I moved it out of summer because it's less expensive to travel outside of summer, um and then just providing like a full comprehensive experience for year two, uh, we went from eight teams last year to twenty three teams this year, so uh something worked,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll say I mean something worked between some of the tweaks you may have made but also just um just having that space that you're uh, providing for for players um what uh, are, are there any like major differences that you that that players that played last year could anticipate going into this year is it the same format just you know like what, so what are some similar, of the tweaks you made
1: yeah so some of the tweaks so similar format to last year so we're incorporating Incorporating more of the uh, WDDF, WBDF rules um, this year. Um, last year, we had a, a bit of the sprinkle from comp to some of our regular rec rules to kind of break some of our local players in. But we really want to align people to be prepared to play at that higher level. So we incorporated those um, with, of course, modifications and timing and things like that. So, uh, But for the most part, it will be that style of play. Um, we, modified sort of our language to be very queer centric, meaning so last year we, we mentioned sort of, um, y- you know, even from the names of our, 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 leagues or I mean, our divisions there, there, there's no hierarchy in them. That's why they're, they spectrum and rainbow versus like an open A and open B. So like we've taken all those things and kind of, you know, ran with them. The other thing this year as well is last year was queer identifying only that men and women uh only queer identifying folks this year we've expanded to our women allies um so our women allies are also welcome to come compete as well um uh so that's also a huge change from last year as well too
0: gotcha and and that's um looking at these divisions so you have the the rainbow division and then you have the spectrum division which uh what, what are the differences between those two
1: yeah so rainbow is an open division anyone under the sun that identifies as lgbtiq or uh, as a women ally is allowed to compete in that division uh we have a good mix so we have a good mix looking at some of our rosters and the people that i'm aware of we're not both divisions are actually uh well there's uh, uh, about five more teams in the rainbow division so there's uh 14 in the rainbow and nine in the the spectrum division they they, they're bringing a lot of people that are high caliber people that, you know, are traveling the circuits and kind of, you know, playing dodgeball a lot and doing all those things. But Rainbow essentially is anything under the LGBTQ sun along with um, women allies. And then for Spectrum, there is, is a requirement that anyone, that there are only uh, four. So there are seven The other differences or not different from last year, but difference that we do at our tournament is there's seven players versus the six Mm -hmm. And uh, there are four cis identifying male players on the court at once, and the rest can be anything else, LGBTQ, including women allies as well. So that's what would be more aligned to like a traditional co-ed kind of situation, uh, but without using um, sort of the co-ed language. We're, um, We're trying to be mindful of all these things. It's very... It's very PC, but also Seattle is a very progressive city. So we're just trying to make as much alignment as possible. It, it may not seem as hip to many people, but some people appreciate these little small nuances in the community. So we're trying to balance the small, you know, those things with, you know, providing this high level tournament and avenue to play for all these folks to do so as well. So you know, constantly balancing all those things with producing something of this caliber.
0: Gotcha. Well, I'm going to throw myself, uh, under the bus. I, I don't see, I don't know how I don't know this, but what, what does cis mean? So for cis identifying queer males, what, what does that mean?
1: So it means that they were assigned male at birth. Um, and and that's essentially what it, it, that just means that they, uh, they're assigned male at birth. Um, they're non-trans. Um, they, Basically, associate with any sort of cultural things that adhere to the male identity. Um, and that's essentially what it means by cisgender. So, um, trust me, any more education, even me through our, I, I'll tell you, even me through organizing uh rainbow league for the last four or five years i have come across terms that i'm googling at the end of the night because someone will bring it up to me and i'm like i don't i don't know what that means or i you know i have been unaware of that but you know out of respect i want to learn like and if that's what we need to do then that's what i need to do but you know um take no offense to you not knowing that term but that's what that's essentially what it means it it just means uh assigned meal at birth and generally men so if you think about like masculine men who adhere to just men being male
0: (laughs) right okay yeah and i I don't know if you could hear me typing. I was like frantically trying to Google it real quick, but you know, I'm just going to ask.
1: <laughs> all good. No, honestly, all good. I I actually appreciate that question because I'm sure other people will hear that word and some people won't like that word. <laughs> you know, you go online today and people have, uh you know, issue with that specific word and it's essentially just, you know, describing being assigned up op- at birth, but you know, with the way the world works today, even that triggers people and they don't like that. But that's in, in the community that we're referring to, that's essentially what that means. It's it's anyone so the the in the nature and spirit of when we talk about the queer community and when I talk about these like personalities that are off putting to people and people don't know how to react to this aggressiveness or whatnot, it tends to be generally hyper masculine in nature and again that's not offense to any of the males that are great out there and, and good at competing and doing all that stuff but i've been to tournaments where i've seen people go completely i don't know a little cray cray um and <laughs> approach of competitiveness and just the way they respond to losing and the way they just become this other person. And I know it's not normal, like it's not them off the court, but some of them don't know how to hone it in. And as people that come from maybe, maybe not traditional sports backgrounds or dodgeballs, their first sport or all those things that could be off-putting. So generally, um, yeah, they usually correlate together. But when we're talking cis, Male. We're talking in this instance cis, uh, uh, gays or queer people who were assigned male at birth and who essentially identify with like a full male identity.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, no. And I, I appreciate you kind of, you know, I don't want to say like dancing around it, but just, just being able to kind of speak really on what you're not trying to advocate for when it comes to specific vibes. Um, cause I imagine, you know, you have a very good thing here. People are very much looking forward to it. And it's nothing against people that are, um, not invited to this, but it's like, you want to keep it that way. And so the, the next question I I have is the, um, the second piece. So, um, and I'm not trying to spend all, all day on the spectrum division, but the remaining players on the court should be made up of women, uh, queer or ally. Can you explain what ally means? In that sense ally,
1: yeah so these are women that are not aren't necessarily queer so women that don't identify as lesbian bi or trans these are just women <laughs> uh, gotcha. so when we say ally women uh you know women that are generally in support of the queer community obviously they're in support enough to come play in a, a Primarily queer identifying tournaments. Um, that's what we mean. So we mean those that you know support queer issues, who are comfortable enough, who know the space. So a lot of a lot of the things we emphasize, or I, I'll speak for myself as just a leader and an organizer. And and the thing that I emphasize in my league and and to my guys and to the people that I play with all the time, is I. I I love this concept, and I sell it to everybody that I come across. That when we get into the deep dodgeball conversations, but it's really about reading the room and really understanding the environment that you're in, even in a sport like dodgeball. Because like I live to see the lose and those people like really just like do the coolest things and and the coolest moves and the catches and and the accuracies on and all those things. Those are I admire those things so much. But there are great great players that really know the read the room aspect, meaning you can do that, you can be all those things, but the attitude beyond those things really matters to the other people in the room. So know who you're like, you know, have a general uh, understanding of who you're playing with, the community you're playing with, the organization you're playing with, the values and all those things, um, and read the room, like read the room, like some of it is not necessary. So I think a lot of it's rooted in that. So when we talk women allies and things like that, Very good at reading the room, very good at being good allies, very good at being supportive, and while equally understanding that you know we're trying to facilitate and sort of help build women the women community as well, which also is sort of not, uh, you know, has its limitations of growth and stuff that it's facing in the dodgeball world as well. That you know, we're trying to promote growth and they're trying to grow their communities just as much as we are, so it's a good allyship partnership there to sort of elevate, um, those that we can.
0: Awesome. So, um, the only other question I have just for my own, uh, curiosity, um, by no means am I trying try to speak up for anybody else, but what, what about straight male players? Like, do you ever get like any, not flack, but like, do you ever get challenges or like, Hey, how come we can't play or when, when's our time? Like, do, do you have any of those situations popping up?
1: Yeah, you know, I I do have situations like that popping up, surprisingly, or not, actually, I take that back, not so surprisingly. So I do have situations like that popping up. And, you know, it's actually, and I'll say this as a collective, you know, it, it comes from both. It has also come from our straight women as well. And I've seen it from both sides. And, and what I want people to really take away and understand is our producing this space shouldn't diminish anybody else's space. It's not meant to diminish anybody else's space. It's not meant to tear them down. But we are facilitating a space for growth for a community that has been often marginalized in sports and and where the space, it's it's vital to sort of create a culture that allows us to sort of grow in those spaces without fear of retribution or things that just we grew up fearing. Again, we go back to that whole growing up with the trauma of sports. A lot of people do. I I was fortunate not to have because I've always sort of been that hard, stern person that you don't mess with. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, not everybody is is as fortunate to have that sort of background and experience as me. But a lot of us come from a place of trauma. If you look at sports historically, you know, uh, it's still a big deal for a, a professional athlete to come out. Like they still don't do it. They'll come, they'll do it post, you know, career and things like that. So there's a lot of issues facing the LGBTIQ community. So when people like that come, you know, I, I do try to sort of kick them an article or something like, hey, <clears throat> you know, we appreciate good allyship and 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 creating this what was primarily a queer space wasn't meant to diminish any other movement. It's not meant to to limit anybody else or or their growth because if you look at the spectrum of dodgeball and the way things work across the country. We have men's divisions at every level. We have women's divisions at every level. We have those throughout the USA tour. We have them at Worlds. We have all of those things that exist. Even at uh, gay games, there's the women's division, there's the men's division, and then there's a co-ed. So those are all provided across the spectrum. So when we're building this out to be specific to a certain community, it's not meant to diminish anybody else. It's not meant to do that. There are other opportunities for them to play. Uh, This just happens to not be one of them. And if we're talking about allyship and really growing sports, and if you want to be a good ally and a person that really wants to build the lowest of the low or even just any random Joe Schmo in in this sport and in this space and be that welcoming, then you would support that idea. it's always a tough one to have. It's always a tough conversation to have because I think people immediately take it personally. And even with the way, you know, the political landscape and everything else that happens, it's, it's uh, there's a lot of awareness that needs to go around. I personally love to see it as a, a place of opportunity for me to sort of teach if I can teach or just, you know, demonstrate Uh, the difference in the community and, and, and just, you know, elevate those kinds of things to overpower maybe the noise that may be created by the people that choose not to understand at some points, because I'll have engaged, you know, someone who will message me like, well, when do the straights get to play or I'll see the comments online. And, and the reality is some, most of the people that generally ask that question aren't willing to listen to the right answer or even open to understanding what it is we're trying to do here. And You know, I just always want to approach it from a place of learning and and sort of educating if I I possibly can, because this is an actually learning and educating experience for a lot of people to, you know, oh, a queer tournament. Oh, queer only, which is, you know, also very different from, you know, some of the other tournaments that are queer, but, you know, have other Allies that are a lot of play or 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 whatnot and and they look a little bit different than what we may be going for in this space so um we're just trying to create something unique and special um while also educating and, and creating some awareness for the need of it
0: gotcha yeah there's um' a couple couple comments want to unpack so first of all I'm, I'm glad you because I was gonna figure out a way to how to get back to this one I'm glad you mentioned that um you know, when we talk about what was your first experience with dodgeball and, you know, most people will say, oh yeah, I had a blast playing in elementary school or, you know, it was a fun thing to do between, I don't know, you know, rainy days when we couldn't go play football and I'm, I'm forgetting and now realizing that not everyone had that same experience. And, um, I, I really, I really, I, I, I fall, I find myself falling back to this one engagement that I had with Josh Ty last year. And that was, uh, when, when, you know, even at the time, 39 years old, my, my whole world was like, like my eyes opened to something I've never really been keen on. And that was him expressing how he lost or never had a connection with his athletic self because he was made fun of and ridiculed. So he never, never got to experience what I would consider a typical upbringing where I got to play every sport I ever wanted to. Um, and so, you know, going back to your comment of, you know, it's making me realize um, maybe everybody's first experience with dodgeball isn't pleasant. Um, and wh- where I'm going with this is, um, you know, for 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 people that are listening, for for straight males that are listening, and they're maybe thinking, "Hey, you know, I feel excluded. Um, what about us? But what ifs? You know, those those lovely arguments. But what abouts? I think it's like you really hit it on the head when you said that it, it's still a needed space because you still have athletes to this day, professional athletes that, you know, are hesitant to come out. And I think for people like myself, it's easy to just assume everything is, is good, is good. You know, it's 2023, you know, everybody is, you know, is equal and no one's like still suffering in silence, but that's definitely not the case. Um, so I, I really like what you said and I I feel like when these, but what if arguments come up, if you have the patience for them, they're really good opportunities to educate people and let them know, like remind them, like no, like the, these spaces still aren't are needed, and um, you know, like it's it's just a it's a different um, it, it it changes my perspective. If, if that helps at all, I don't know. I'm it, kind of talking it in does, circles.
1: It does. It does. And I think you know these conversations are useful and those questions are useful because a lot of people won't even hear that even you know five minute blurb I just gave to you. They'll they you know, they'll ignore it or, or not even respond or even care to listen to oh, that I will, so if they do.
0: <laughs> I will you know, edit it, that and I can send you the clip yeah, and you can just send that to I everyone.
1: Would, you know, <laughs> yeah, definitely don't edit that. But you, you know it, it is very much a needed space and and I I think I told Sergio on the call last year as well. I said, you know what, I actually look forward or dream of the day when it's not needed. Like I, as someone who did have the fortunate route of not having those other experiences, I did see other people that didn't have the experience that I did. And I could have easily sort of fallen, you know, to those things as well, because even in my sports with the people that I was closest to and the groups I did, you know, I got, you know, the names called, I got the mimicking, the gay hand movements, I got all those things. But because, forgive me for saying, because I was such a hard ass and kind of just never let people run over me, I I tended to have a, a much more positive experience because people knew not to do that. But I knew a, lo- a lot of people are not confrontational in that way. And a lot of people just don't sort of do those kinds of things or are exposed to those kinds of things. So, you know, being called a sissy or a f- sports that was not that's not new to me and I'm, I'm 35 years old so um and i know it still happens today and we really got to ask ourselves why why is it still so taboo for a professional athlete to announce that they're gay obviously there's a reason for all of that that's happening for a reason there's a reason why because it just you know it's not welcome it's not right there's still the whole locker room talk. there's all those things that are still happening and people just generally are not aware of um but it is one of the things why you know, I encourage and build this space um, and we, we apply the same principles to our leagues, too. So, you know, we generally discourage we, we're not necessarily discouraged, but, you know, unless people can hone in the whole read the room element. You know their first you know we've had people walk in who their first dodgeball experience was terrible like they i'm in and, and i'm always trying to get to the root of those people because i'm trying to understand is it something that we can fix or you know mitigate or is it something that you know because not everybody's gonna love dodgeball obviously but any way that we can mitigate that bad experience if we do have some sort of control or saying it then we want to be able to do that um and that also comes with you know a lot you know what players are in the room, what players understand that. Um, And that's not knocking the experienced players, that's not knocking the great players, that's not knocking the people that are, are pioneers in this community because there are a lot of them that know how to do it very well. And they've seen it time and time again, where they'll come into the room. And, and I'm not telling you not to hit people accurately, and I'm not telling you not to play your game, but what I'm telling you is maybe you should not be the one taking out nine different people at once on an on all-gay team. Or maybe you shouldn't, you know, when you do do that, you're not like gloating or, or like giving the F you. Like, I don't know, there's just many, many ways to do this. And I'm very protective of the space that I'm providing or facilitating for people to experience these things, and hopefully not have to experience that, um, because they'll get it everywhere else. So let me let me provide the space where maybe it's mitigated slightly by providing you just to the queer community.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, and and I've you know we're not going to go there, but I, I've seen instances on the social medias where you know certainly highlight reels. I'm like, is, is that really, is that really the right idea? Like, is that, is that what we want to be portraying right now watching, um, you know, this, this one play where it's like, this was supposed to be a fun tournament. And this guy's like dunking on, on some, on some folks. And it's like, that's not, uh, you guys are missing the, the mark here. So I totally hear you on that. And, um, you know, not to, to beat a dead horse, but, um, I do appreciate you kind of you know taking some time and explaining that better to me just cause you know, I I've also had those thoughts a few times too. It's like, you know, um, up until I spoke with Josh last year, um, uh, my default thought was, are these spaces really still needed? And obviously they were. And, um, you know, if this conversation changes the minds of at least 10 people, then, you know, it's worth it. Hell if it's even even one, um, happy to happy to help engage with those. Um, I'm glad that you say that your demeanor is one of a hard ass though, because I remember playing with you and I was like, this guy cool. Like he just seems like he's in a bad mood, but every time I talk to you, you're cool. I was like, well, maybe he's frustrated with how we're doing. Or maybe, maybe he's like me where we just have, I have this like stoic demeanor. Like I, I it's funny that you mention that now. Cause now I remember like, yeah, I wonder if see how any good day. Like,
1: <laughs> you know, you're it's funny that you say that because I am, <laughs> I am known for RBF. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so and I have it all the time. And am and what I always tell people, I said, I said, I actually am I, I would consider myself a very friendly person and I'm very welcoming or I, I'd love to think I am. But when I hit the courts, my it's the face, it's it different. has nothing to do with like I wanna kill you. It has it's it's like a focus face and and it's very non-pleasant and kind of mean looking (laughs) and (laughs) kind of looks like I'm always having a bad day but I'm really not I'm actually just kind of trying to focus and hone in on like thinking about my arm movement and the mechanics that I need to get through to sort of make things work in the way I want them to but uh, I think it's funny that you mentioned that because I do remember that day you I you were somebody on the team had asked me like oh are you like asked me asked me how things were going and like am I upset and I I kind of at that time had wondered like, why are like, well, you're experiencing the same thing I am We're we're winning some and we're losing like the rest. So, uh, what are you referring to? But it was, it was that whole, the RBF that I was giving. And I tend to do that. It's my competitive face. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to fix that, but everybody just deals with it now. Eh, I mean, just, they know you
0: off the court. It's, it's fine. I mean, everyone has their own like, uh, nuances, I guess, but it might've been me asking like, Hey dude, you, you cool. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm having fun. I hope, I hope everybody else is having fun, but, uh, that's totally understand that man um well cool so we kind of covered you know the divisions uh the difference between rainbow and spectrum you kind of talked about how day two is the random draw which is like like the, the really cool aspect where you can socialize and, and meet new people and play with people that you normally may not have um is there anything that we might be missing uh for this go-round that you wanted to to share or, or kind of expand upon
1: No, I don't think so. I think that really covers the structure of, you know, the tournament this year, um, you know, its growth. Like I said, we went from eight teams to now 23 um, and went from 64 or five players last year to 190 this year. so it's, it's really taken off. We're now at a new facility. So last year we were at Bellevue college, which was down the road this year. We're at the Academy sports center, which is where they host the thing at. So oh. um, it's such a state of the art facility for this kind of thing. And it's just such a great venue. Um, I hope people are blown away by that. And I hope a lot of the people that are coming to experience sort of a dodgeball Seattle tournament. Cause essentially this is a dodgeball Seattle tournament get to experience the nuances that exist here in Seattle, the shout out threads, the sna- the free snack tables, um, all the things that come along with a lot of the things that we do for our normal tournaments and leagues um, will be elements that we incorporate into this tournament um, along with you know, just a whole bunch of other random, just sprinkled on things that are coming along um, that the players will figure out when they get there. But um, it is still very much um, meant to be a high level tournament uh, again, prepping folks that want to go compete outside of this um in other avenues and it's foam, so it is seven inch foam, so that is one uniqueness about this being a queer tournament is all the pretty much ninety percent of the leagues that exist outside of dodgeball Seattle, like the Pride sports the Stonewall sports the the out loud sports, all these organizations that put on queer sports across the nation—they're all mostly no mm. So we are not no We are we are we are a seven-inch foam organization. So we're pretty much aligned that way across dodgeball Seattle. And for the most part, that's all I've been playing with since I've started Uh, with the exception of Sin City and, 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 and like Denver and and whatnot, um, all of it has, has been foam. So that that will be a unique experience for uh, maybe some of these queer players that are playing in a queer tournament outside of their own sort of leagues and stuff from their hometowns. Um, So that'll be a difference this year as well. And then we also just have people coming from all over philly boston austin uh phoenix um, uh, la i mean they're they're just they're flooding from all over so uh there's a big uh sort of demographic uh, geographic change this year from where people are coming from and and a lot of new faces so it's pretty exciting
0: awesome well i got two more questions for you um and one one is more personal. And that that is, um, is there anything for this specific event that you are looking the most forward to?
1: I'm really looking forward to the play. I'm looking forward to that. I'm not captaining and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not captaining. <laughs> I, I'm realizing more and more. I'm, I'm more, I'd rather be a plug and play in travel tournaments and things like that. Um, so I'm kind of happy about that, but I'm kind of like, excited to have people experience sort of the seattle dodgeball scene like Hmm. it's such a special community to me and 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 the leagues have grown and the players have just like elevated their game so much so i'm i'm really excited to hear sort of the feedback after i mean we'll probably i don't know if we'll get how much bad we'll get i feel like there's always at least one comment but um you know i'm really uh excited to hear what people think about it what people will take away from it their experiences um hear more about the thoughts on like the remix and stuff so i'm really just looking forward and anxious to hear about the reactions and sort of the touches that come along with some of the things we're doing like we're you know customized like uh sort of uh bracelets to identify all the remix people that you're playing with throughout the weekend at the event so you get to know them so there's all these little sprinkled in elements i'm just Curious to see how they landed, what that looks like, and how that's going to look for next year.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm definitely, I mean, if, if I can't do it, I'm sort of sure Shodra would love to do a recap. Um, it's one of the probably only events that I would actually want to recap. Just because I want to touch base with you and, and see how it goes. So hopefully we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks after the fact and it goes well. Um The other question I had was, uh, just in case everybody would want to know, is there anything that players can do to help this event run as smoothly as possible? What would you ask of them?
1: Come with a good attitude. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Come come with a good attitude. Uh, really just come with a good attitude. Um, and, and read the room, (laughs) like it to everybody, read the room, understand the space, uh, you know, uh, we'll have a lot of our dodgeball Seattle allies there as well, helping out and doing stuff. So it really is a, a community effort. Uh, but you know, bring a positive attitude. This is—it's meant to be fun, but it's also meant to be competitive. And and hopefully, the protected space that we've created facilitates this environment to sort of just have a great time while equally competing and and sort of embrace Seattle, like the events and the things like that um it's very much to be co-handed you know in- integrated into the social um and the dodgeball together because you know for us you know happy hour is always generally a thing after dodgeball play like so all those elements that make our community very special, embrace them through the weekend and just come with a positive attitude. I hope everybody gets what they're looking for out of it. I, I, I am hearing so much comments about excitement. I sent out the schedule yesterday, which mm. is a beast. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> worked on uh, schedules like this, but <laughs> it took me forever. Um, but you know, there's a lot of hype and excitement around what's to come. So um, I, just open mind and a positive attitude is all I ask.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, I would say best of luck to you. Um, I don't think you need it. sounds like it's going to be a really awesome event. It's going to build upon last year. Can't wait to hear about it. And um, yeah, I just I just wish everyone that's going to go good luck and have fun. And um, I think we'll leave it at that. All right. So that was like a precap slash preview of this year's Squid that's taking place on Saturday, September 30th and October 1st, Sunday. And uh, really want to thank uh, E for, for hopping on and kind of give me a chance to understand it a little bit more from, from my perspective and also hopefully generate some hype and excited excitement for those that are going to participate in this, in this event. It sounds like a blast and, um, you know, I'm going to be dropping this episode on Friday, uh, September 22nd. So hopefully that gives people enough time to, uh, I don't know, download this episode, listen to it, get, get hyped. And then, um, uh, if you're commuting or traveling or flying, it makes the, the travel that much faster. Um, best of luck to everybody that's participating and competing. Um, like I said, I'm looking forward to recapping it with, with E and if I can't do it, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Sergio is looking forward to it as well. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear about it. So anyway, if you're still with me, have a great uh, rest of your week, a great rest of your weekend, and, uh, we'll see you next time. Alrighty, So that was a, a, a brief, you know, uh, I don't know what it was. It's precap. It's okay to say precap. <clears throat> okay. Closing in three, two,